You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Fenizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. What does it mean to be thankful? What does being thankful mean? Well, it means that I recognize God has done specific things for me. I realize that He is the giver of good gifts, that He watches over me, that He's protecting me, that He's providing for me. Now think about that, what that said. So we need to look for the giving hand of God in all things. Today, Pastor Mike asks what it means to be thankful. All too often, we choose to dwell only on our troubles, forgetting all the blessings we do have. Take some time today to recognize the specific things the Lord has done in your life. It sounds simple, but an attitude of gratitude will lift your spirit. Look for the giving hand of God everywhere you go. Soon, you'll be amazed by all the blessings He has provided. Focusing on the positive will make the negative seem less troublesome. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 as he continues his message, Filled with the Spirit. This is the second picture that Paul paints for us in encouragement. He rather says, verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. Listen, if a person knows God's Word, he will know that the Holy Spirit will guide him to secure the help of God from within by faith. You don't have to look to stimulants. You don't have to turn to alcohol. You don't have to turn to drugs. Let the Holy Spirit fill you and guide you, right? You can face any obstacle the day presents to you. And so that's the second thing that I wanted to draw your attention to. That's our second point. Okay, now let's get into the nitty-gritty of things here. How to be filled. This is our third point. So write that down. How to be filled. So, the first of which, as I've already suggested, faith is made stronger when a person reads, listens, and becomes familiar with the scriptures. And that's the first way I think that a person can be filled with the Holy Spirit through the study and the reading regularly of the scriptures. Remember Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So think about it. It's it just sort of like common sense. The more scripture I read, the more scripture I memorize, the more scripture I am familiar with, the stronger I'm going to become. 
So the first step in being filled with the Spirit, right, is the study of the Scriptures. Because the more I think about Jesus and all of the Scriptures testify of Jesus. Remember, Jesus himself even said that. He said, search, remember, he was dealing with those that thought that they were hot stuff because God, you know, the Old Testament Jews, because God had entrusted them with the Old Testament scriptures. So Jesus was about to blow holes in that kind of an attitude. And he says, search the scriptures. He's actually rebuking them, the Pharisees and the scribes. He says, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are that which testifies of me, right? So all of the scriptures is about Jesus. Old and New Testament alike. I'll give you an example of this. You know, I could close my eyes and I could thumb through the Old Testament scriptures and just flip through the pages without even looking and then just put a finger on a text of scripture. And wherever my finger lands, I can build a sermon on the subject of Jesus from that text of scripture. Even the Old Testament scriptures. Why? Because they're all about Jesus. From the very first book of the Bible to the very last book of the Bible, Jesus himself said, I am the word of God. Jesus is the word, right? And so anyway, that's the first way that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because again, the more I think about Jesus and God's power, as is recorded for us in the word, the more I'm ready to trust in him. And the more I realize he will help me. And therefore, the more I can expect from him. So what's the point? Don't settle for counterfeit substitutions. Things that will only intoxicate you, lift you up for a moment, then drop you as you crash into reality. You know, it, really, it's, it's truly amazing to me what people turn to as substitutes for the real deal who is Jesus and Jesus alone. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. How? Through the study of God's Word. Folks, there's no substitute for it. It's a tremendous help. So that's the first way that any of us can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So man, get in there. So if that's something that's lacking in your life, you know, if you're a weak Christian, you're up and down, sideways at times, you're still dealing with the same sin that you've dealt with for the last umpteen years since your conversion experience, listen, I've found that it most likely can be traced right back to the lack of the study and the knowledge of God's Word. Man, get serious about your study of Word. You know, don't look to me to spoon-feed you the Word of God. I mean, that's good. And we're thankful that everyone's here. And I have this opportunity and privilege to be able to stand before you and share God's word. But man, this is a 24-7 proposition, right? 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We need to get serious about the study of God's word. Hasn't it been exciting at times? Maybe not all of the time. But you're going to get something out of the word when you sit down with the Lord. I look forward to it every morning. You know, when I get up, the first thing that I, well, the first thing that I do is I go brush my teeth. And then I make a pot of coffee, I've got to be honest with you. But then I grab my Bible, sit in that big old leather easy chair of mine, and open up the scriptures. And before anyone gets up, before my wife gets up, before my son Elijah gets up, before I have to get him ready and out the door, and it's just me and my personal time with the Lord. And I, I look forward to it every day. I can't even imagine starting a day otherwise. And it's always a blessing. 
But I got to tell you something. There are some times, and it doesn't happen every day, I'm going to be honest with you, but there are some days when I open up the scriptures and, and it's like, you know, the, the, the world stopped rotating on its axis, the earth. And it's just like me and God alone, and God is just like really big time speaking to me. Have you ever had those kinds of experiences? It's like revelation. And it's like, I've, I've read that text of scripture a hundred times before. I've even taught that text of scripture like ten times before. And it's like God shows me something new, something relative, something that I needed to hear. And it's like, wow, unbelievable, right? Man, get serious about this study of the word of God. Okay, so that's the first way. Then Paul goes on, notice, let's go back to our text, and gives to us another way that we can be filled with the Spirit, and that is, notice also in verse 19, through music and song. Let's read verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, listen, the one thing that all of these suggestions have in common, that is the psalms, the hymns, and spiritual songs, is, and there's not much of a difference between the three, but the common denominator here is that they were written by godly men and women to help us to see what God can do and will do. You know, many of the songs, like, for example, let's, uh, David, the psalmist. Did you know that David wrote most of the psalms, which is actually Israel's hymnal? They put many of those psalms to song and music, and they would sing these songs. That was sort of like Israel's hymnal book, and they would sing those psalms unto the, to the Lord. And many of those psalms that David wrote were out of his own experience in walking with the Lord in good times and bad times, in failure and also in victory. But contemporarily, how about someone like uh, Chris Tomlin, who you know you, we may consider a modern-day psalmist, if you will, right? And many of the songs that he wrote that we sing, not only here in this church, but churches around the world, were also written out of that man's uh, own personal experience and walk with the Lord. And then there are several bands like Mercy Me and Third Day and you know, some of the other songs that we've ripped off and that we sing here at, at Harvest. <laughs> we have to pay for those singing of those songs. I don't know if you knew that or not. You know we actually pay for that? Yeah, we do. We, we pay a yearly uh, fee to use their songs, right? These are the things that they have in common, the psalms, the hymns, the spiritual songs. They're written by godly men and women to help us to see what God can do and will do. And many of those songs originated with their own personal experience and testimony. And in the using of them, the believer, that's you and me, is singing and making melody in our hearts unto the Lord. And so another step towards being filled with the Spirit. We need to surround ourselves with strength, encouraging songs and music. And it's so, it's, it's so much easier to do that now more than ever before. When I first got saved, they didn't even have Christian programming, like, you know, music uh, stations that just uh, aired Christian music. Now we got uh, all kinds. We got uh, K-Love right here in New York. We got The Bridge. We got WMCA. You can drive in your car and listen to Christian music. You can plug in a CD. Uh, you can listen to it on your computer, on your iPhone, 
right? Your own personal device, whatever, and you can surround yourself. And you're making melody unto the Lord. And as you're singing those songs, you're reminded of who Jesus is. You're reminded about your relationship with God. You're reminded about what God has done for you, what he'll continue to do for you. Think about it. You're singing songs taken from, based upon the scripture. And, it, and, if, and the truth, it's sort of like reading the Bible, right? Because each song reminding us of some aspect of the story of Jesus. And thus I'm being helped to remember the things of the Lord. Remember what Paul encouraged the church uh, in Philippi to do. It's recorded for us in Philippians chapter 4, in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true. And this is the way you can do that, just by surrounding yourself with good Christian music. Biblically based Christian music. Not this fluffy, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I gotta tell you something. There's a lot of Christian music that I think is like junk. I mean, really. I mean, it's just poppy, you know, if you even hear the name of Jesus in it, you know, it, you know it's junk. A lot of it, really. And, uh, you know, I'd rather listen to Zeppelin than some of that stuff, you know. <laughs> I'm just being real, okay? I'm not encouraging anyone to listen to Led Zeppelin. But anyway, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate upon those things. So if you surround yourself with good music, it'll help you to obey that command that Paul gave to the church at uh, Philippi. And this also serves to get us ready to receive and be filled with the Holy Spirit. It, it puts us in that frame of mind, right? And uh, even as we worship the Lord here, it sort of like primes you for the study of the Word of God. Not that that is an end unto itself. You know, we sing the songs that we sing because we should be singing them. We're worshiping God because worship is due His need. You know, someone says, well, why do we have a, a, a time of worship in the beginning of our service? And yes, it does lend itself to preparing us and priming us for the study of the Word and teaching of the Word. But listen, we sing the songs that we sing when we worship God because worship is due His name. And that's what we should be doing. So, don't, it, it, so it's not an end unto itself, you know, to, like for the thing of like preparing you for the, the, the teaching of the Word of God. We worship God because worship is due His name, you see. It would be wrong to, to think otherwise as it relates to worship. We should constantly be worshiping the Lord. Well, anyway... So, but again, it serves to get us ready to receive and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now that brings us to the next way that we can be filled by the Holy Spirit. And notice in verse 20, we're exhorted there simply to count our blessings. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now how in the world is this going to help us to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, have, first of all, let me say, have, have you noticed in many of Paul's writings, particularly in the book of Philippians, because that is known as the joy epistle, right? That whole epistle pretty much is treating the subject of joy or how a believer can actually secure their joy in the Lord. But throughout Paul's writings or his New Testament, the Pauline epistles, Paul in his writings it seems as if was always anxious to bring the believers into that experience of joy in the Lord and being blessed. You see, Paul felt it was unnecessary 
for believers to live in sadness, gloom, and darkness, doubt, and unbelief, where they could rather be strong and joyous and living in the Lord, you see. So you'll find that, those exhortations often through uh, Paul's writings. Now, what does it mean to be thankful? What does being thankful mean? Well, it means that I recognize God has done specific things for me. I realize that he is the giver of good gifts, that he watches over me, that he's protecting me, that he's providing for me. Now think about that, what that said. So we need to look for the giving hand of God in all things. And there are so many ways, so many reasons to be thankful. You know, if you just stop for a moment and think. If you need an example or an illustration, how about uh, from uh, Mother Nature? How about uh, rain? I mean, we'll use that as an example. Uh, the water, uh, the rain that provides water, moisture, that sustains life, right? That's something in and of itself. Now, we're not, you know, we don't think about that until there is a, a drought, right? You know, when, uh, when our, our weathermen are telling us, well, we're now in the 60th day of a drought here in New York City and all of the reservoirs, water has been depleted and we're kind of, and they're telling us to reserve water, right? And uh, we don't think of it until then. And then when it rains, oh, we're so thankful. We pray, oh God, you bring on water, right? Right? And so, you know, this is a practical way. It's just, you know, if you just stop for a moment, take an inventory of the things that we should be and, and that we've received of the Lord and be thankful for, you see. I mean, why give thanks? So that I will be drawn nearer to God. This is what keeps me close to Him, right? If I'm taking things for granted, if I become jaded because of what God has done for me, I'm void of an understanding of all of the things that I actually possess. You see that? So if I'm constantly thankful, if I regularly discipline myself to take that inventory of the things that I should be thankful, it just keeps me close to God. I'm not taking it for granted. I'm not taking the things that I have that he's given me for granted. I'm not become jaded. And thus it keeps me close to him. I'm amazed, you know, the first of the month, when the first of the month rolls around, and I'm able to pay my bills, pay my mortgage payment. In my car, I've, I've sat down at my desk, and I've just written out my check for my mortgage payment, and I get in my car, and I drive down to my local post office, and I put it in the mailbox, and as I put it in the mailbox, I turn to my wife, who's usually sitting next to me in the, the passenger seat, and I say, another month, praise God, we were able to pay our mortgage. Right on time, by the way. Even probably usually a few days early. It's just amazing. You know, those are the things that we should be thankful for, right? Okay, so life isn't perfect, right? But we got a roof over our heads. And, I mean, we could all maybe, well, some of us might have a little bit more than what we already have or possess. But things aren't all that bad. We're still here, right? Praise God. We're still surrounded. God has given us this neat family in Christ, right? There's so much to be thankful for. Take that inventory. You'll be surprised. And uh, you'll be able to make a, a list of things to be thankful for. And as you thank him, again, it'll keep you close to God. And as you kept close to God, what's the result of that? You're filled with the Holy Spirit. 
It just makes it easier for him to fill you with the Holy Spirit, right? So be thankful in all things and in every situation. And then lastly, notice in verse 21, this is another way that we can be uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Submitting to others, what's that all about? And who are those others? Well, they're people at home. They're people at work. They're people at school. Anybody that you come into contact with. And here's what's involved. Being considerate towards them. Taking a lowly position. Being non-combative. Oh boy, that's a big one. Yielding to that person. Submitting to that person. Of course, short of participating in their sin. You see, I'm not suggesting that. But what's the purpose in all of this? Well, if the believer wants to experience blessing, wants to have fellowship with God in the Holy Spirit, he or she must submit himself to others. Why? What's the purpose in all of that? It'll keep you from pride. There it is. It'll keep you from pride. Have you ever thought of that? Right? Come on. You think that you're the best thing that ever happened since sliced bread. Right? And uh, submit myself to that person? I might submit myself to you know, someone who I think might be greater than myself, but submit myself to all people? Hey, listen, it keeps us from pride. And thus, remember, it just makes it a lot easier for us to submit ourselves to God. It's sort of like a training exercise, if you will. And let me throw this into the mix. James chapter 4 and verse 6. It tells us that God resists the proud and he exalts the humble. And so submitting ourselves one to another is actually a training exercise that assists and helps us to submit ourselves unto God. Okay, so let's wrap this up. So you got it now? Right? So I don't have to, like, you know, get you in a headlock or, like, you know, like shake you and, you know, and have 20 people stand over you and throw holy water on you or swing you from a chandelier for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? All you need to do is perform these practical actions, keeping your heart and mind filled with the Scripture, being thankful for the very things that are happening in your life, and then lastly, submitting yourselves one to another. These are the things that will prepare the believer for the Holy Spirit to come in and fill their soul. And in observing these things, you will be greatly blessed and strengthened. And our Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified in and through you. So the command, be ye filled with the Spirit. We're going to wait on the Holy Spirit, aren't we? And we're going to open ourselves up to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, to receive of Him. In my Father's house. There's a place for me in my Father's house, where I long to be, oh my heart. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of In My Father's House, as we study the book of Ephesians with Pastor Mike. It's no secret that people can sometimes be messy. So when you put all kinds of people into a church building, there's bound to be problems. For this reason, the Apostle Paul wrote to the people of Ephesus to remind them to remain unified in Jesus. 
When Jesus remains at the center of your relationships, the body of Christ is so much sweeter. Take Paul's writings to heart and seek to live in unity with those around you. If you'd like to explore more messages from Pastor Mike or to hear today's message again, just visit harvestnyc.org or find the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to subscribe. That way you'll be notified every time we post a new edition of the show. If you're in Midtown Manhattan, we'd love for you to come visit us at Harvest Christian Fellowship. Find directions, service times, and more information on our website, harvestnyc.org. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. And if you're listening outside of Manhattan, we'd love to know. Please send us a quick note at harvestnyc at verizon.net. That's harvestnyc at verizon.net. It's a great encouragement to Pastor Mike and the team at In My Father's House to hear where these messages are being listened to. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. We're so glad you were able to spend this past half hour with us. Join us again for more from this verse-by-verse study in the book of Ephesians next time, right here on In My Father's House. Trouble. I remember what you said. You returned.